Kia ora. On Sustainability Radio this week, Mike gives us the rundown on the annual council meeting and we talked to Steve Dixon at Toitu EnviroCare about a new tool to help farmers reduce their carbon footprint. Hello again. I've been away for the last few weeks and uh, just had a, a week's holiday, so feeling very recharged. I hope you've had a chance to have a rest as well. This week we've got just over a month to go before the biggest event of the year from our point of view, which is our annual council meeting which is on Wednesday the 19th of August this year. This year we're doing something a bit different. The Deloitte and Chapman Trip Election Conference and Election Survey, which is hosted by Business New Zealand, will be in Wellington the day before. We'll follow on from that with our in-person event at Tapapa, which will also be live streamed. Thanks to Fonterra for hosting our live streaming party in Auckland, and some of the SBC team will be at that to host you there as well. This will be your chance to be in the room for the launch of our new strategy, and to celebrate the SBC and Climate Leaders Coalition shared vision for a New Zealand where people, business and nature thrive together. We'll start with a business breakfast from 8 o'clock and we're very pleased that Rod Carr, Chair of the Climate Change Commission, will be our keynote speaker there. Breakfast will be followed by our annual council meeting and we'll be talking about what the new SBC strategy means for your business. You'll hear from other members about the opportunities awaiting those at the leading edge of sustainability and how we can collectively get there. Our speakers include Sinead Boucher, the CEO of Stuff, who will be our MC, Francis Valentine, the CEO of Futures, Tech Futures Lab, Jerry Ward, who is the SBC Deputy Chair and Head of Sustainability and Community at Z Energy, Karen Silk, our SBC Chair and GM of the Experience Hub at Westpac, Malcolm Johns, the CEO of Christchurch International Airport, David Walsh, CEO of New Zealand Post Group, Alison Andrew, CEO of Transpower, and Mike Bennett, who is the CEL, CLC convener and CEO of Z Energy. Lots of C's and CEOs in there, wasn't there? Um, and of course, I'll be there as well. The ACM is your chance to connect with other business leaders, and we encourage you to attend both events, whether in person or via live stream. This is for member o- members only, so check Panui for details, and I look forward to seeing you there. See you next time. Well, today I'm joined by Steve Dixon, who's the General Manager for Strategy and Partnerships at Toitu EnviroCare. Uh, we're going to talk about collaborating in the agricultural sector and how to reduce emissions. Steve, thanks for joining us. Um, tell us about the project with, with Beef and Lamb New Zealand. So the project we've been developing for over a year is with a number of stakeholders. Beef and Lamb are a principal stakeholder. Dairy and Z have been involved. Palmu, who are the government's um, um, farmer if you like, um, Overseer who are a key player because they're a technology partner on this with us and Assure Quality who are the kind of the agricultural auditors if you like. So it's been quite a collaboration over a year or so and what we're building is um, something called the the, the Toitu um, Farm Carbon Footprint um, Program. So it's basically gives farmers the, the, the ability to produce their uh, certified carbon footprint for their farm. Um, and the certified word's important because you can get footprints from a variety of places, but what this um, enables is for farmers to actually have an audited, verified footprint um, through this t- tool. And it's also um, it engages, engages with, uh, with overseer, so that it enables a pretty st- um, streamlined and fluid um, access to existing data that they might have. Right. So, yeah. And has it been rolled out yet? Uh, soon, so, and we're talking um, mid-July. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. 
there's there's a lot of perception around farming and i guess it all sort of emerged out of di uh, dirty dairying and things like that um how how far have uh, agricultural companies come recently in terms of reducing their emissions um i think uh, on-farm emissions have been reducing um on a, on a on a sort of productivity basis for a long time actually so the so the emissions per um, unit of production say be it um, meat or be it dairy have generally been reducing over a, over a significant length of time what we have though is that absolute emissions in some areas like dairy have gone up because there are just simply more cows um, so so what we found in, in the very recent um, past is that um, through a whole bunch of collaborations, including something called Hewaka Ekanoa, which is a sector-wide collaboration of all the major processes, dairy and meat, and the government, and all key players in the sector who have agreed that over the next five years they're going to have a concentrated um, effort to work through first getting farmers their numbers, which obviously we play a significant role in, hopefully, um, but also what are the mitigations on farm that can be undertaken. So in all sectors of the economy where we've been working for, for, for a while now, Toitu finds there are, there are leaders who have been doing this for a while and who have, who have made great strides and there are laggards. And you'll find that in the agricultural sector in exactly the same way. So we're working with a bell curve um, of farmers who um, everybody wants to push towards reducing carbon because ultimately um, we believe, um, and one of the, the core reasons for the development of the tool, is that there's money to be made, there are, there are great claims to be able to be made around the efficiency of New Zealand farmers and the low carbon footprint of most of our agricultural produce. You've just got to be able to, you've got, just got to, be able to prove it. Mm. And that's what we're trying to support farmers to do. How, how, how do we compare to the rest of the world? Um, look, overall, pretty, pretty well. Um, so particularly against Northern Hemisphere farms, um, we have a, a lower footprint per, for, per unit of production, if you like, because a lot of those farms are using um, not an entirely on grass-fed pastoral system. Um, we're talking about animal farming here primarily, not horticultural or arable. Um, so typically we do pretty well, um, uh, you know, but there's certainly room for improvement, particularly because agriculture is such a significant component of New Zealand's footprint, right? So it makes up in the last audit 2018 figures around about 48% of New Zealand's total footprint. So if New Zealand wants to bend the curve and meet, meet its Paris obligations, we're going to have to work with agriculture just to look at ways of reducing that. Uh, what else does this Overseer FM do? So Overseer um, is uh, developed by the government in, in um, collaboration with industry. It started out as a tool to um, support farmers to, to minimise runoff and nit of nitrates and effluent onto, into rivers. So basically it was supporting them to, to, get, to get their um, farm management right to try and reduce that runoff. But what it does is it asks a series of questions about how much stock you have, how much fertiliser and supplements you're using, how much energy you're using on farm, all of which are core components of a carbon footprint. So what we've been able to do is collaborate with Overseer um, draw draw um, that data straight out of the back of Overseer into the back of our farm tool, which means farmers don't have to enter the data twice. And Overseer continues to, to, to gather a useful carbon footprint, but we then um, ask a series of extra questions to align the, the farmer's footprint with our standard. So we use ISO standards, um, ISO 14064 is the particular carbon measurement standard that we use. And that, and aligned with Overseer, basically gets them a pretty quick footprint.
um, if they have the information there, and then they're ready to be audited and get that uh, get that um, footprint verified. Okay. And is this being rolled out at scale? How many sort of farms are planning to use it? Well, um, we'll see how many um, take it up immediately, but we've had um, 30 farms go through a pilot mm -hmm. as part of um, testing the tool and, and, and road testing it. Um, we've got some great partners with um, Beef and Lamb and, and um, Pamu and, and Overseer and the like. So in the next month or so, you'll start to see this promoted. Um, and in our experience of talking to farmers over the last year, there is a lot of interest in understanding their number on farm. And, and you can't, in our experience as Toitu, because measurement is our bread and butter, you can't, you know, it's a cliche, but you really can't manage anything that you haven't first measured. And so farmers understand that they need to, under, to measure their footprint. And based on, on what's we've built into the tool, we provide um, guidance around what sort of op options they have on farm to reduce that footprint. Mm -hmm. And we require them as part of the standard to develop the, a reduction plan. And for some farmers, that will be the first time they've actually concentrated on how do I reduce my footprint on farm. Mm -hmm. So it sets them on a journey. And um, this is, you know, without having your numbers initially, you can't start on that. Mm -hmm. So among those pilot companies, what sort of difference has it made so far? Um, well, the pilots are only undertaken in May, so um, a number of farmers produced a reduction plan um, and have looked through the mitigation options that are available, but um, as far as actions on farm, um, I couldn't give you a quantified measure as to how they've, how they've performed. And many of those farmers were ones that, that were already sort of intently interested in carbon footprints on farm. So they see opportunities for themselves as efficient farmers to actually get some credibility and to validate the work they've already done. Mm. So some of them will find that, you know, their reduction opportunities might be um, less than a typical farmer because they've already been working on it. Right. How did this collaboration come about in, in the first place? Yeah. Um, so we got approached by a major processor uh, over a year ago, um, asking us how, did the, how would they be able to do carbon zero lamb to Hong Kong? Because they believed um, that there was a premium, a significant premium available for that. And um, we have carbon zero as our sort of key label. And, and we sort of looked at it and went, well, we can do your processing easily enough. We can do your freight, that's all bread and butter. But how would we do your farm? And how would we do their farm footprints? And so we started looking around for what the best options were for that. And Overseer um, quickly um, became clear was the, the most robust footprint. And that became, that became our collaboration with Overseer. And then we started to draw in the likes of Beef and Lamb and Dairy and Z and Palmu to support us to get the tool right for farmers mm -hmm. and to make sure that it was robust. Um, because this sort of footprint development is relatively new for us. We're reasonably new to the sector. We've always said this is not an area we've operated um, in the past in a significant way. So we wanted to make sure that we built something that aligned with farmers' needs. Mm, okay. And what's your, what's your vision for this? Where do you see it in sort of 10 years' time or what do you hope it will become? Yeah, I hope um, that this tool along with other tools um, support farmers to, to, to get on the journey to understand their footprint and start to undertake actions to reduce it. Mm. Um, but the other significant driver for this is that, that I you know, sincerely believe there are significant premiums available for low carbon or zero carbon product overseas. Our primary product sort of reputation is already really high. You know, we're, we're grass fed, we're low on hormones, if not zero hormones. There's a bunch of great environmental attributes attached to New Zealand as a country, but also our, our primary produce. So if you can attach a zero carbon label to that, we're absolutely sure there are premiums available. So what I'd like to see is actually farmers make some real money mm. from um, all of the efforts they've made to date and the credibility 
that they get from having a low carbon or a zero carbon product overseas. I think there's definitely more of a push as well with in terms of the, the awareness of the consumer and where their food comes from and things like that. Um, so in terms of this collaboration, what, what have you learned and are there any similar initiatives? Um, so we've got a couple of different tools in development and we're developing them both um, using advisory groups and key people from the sectors that we're looking to operate in. So, so that's our kind of way of making sure that we align the tools to, to where we're targeting them. Mm -hmm. um, the, the collaboration has been interesting. I mean, we, to be frank, had no idea just how huge the ag sector is in New Zealand. There are multiple billion dollar companies operating in New Zealand, selling products overseas, branding products, and obviously the farmers themselves, almost every farm in New Zealand is a million dollar plus um, enterprise. Mm -hmm. So these are really sophisticated organizations who understand their markets incredibly well. So we had to be very careful and we learned a lot from them around just what's the language that you can use in this space and what are the needs of farmers. And one of the things that became clear is that there's a, there's a real um, call from from farmers to, to to be able to get some credit for the farms for the for the trees they have on farm, so this is sequestration on mm -hmm. farm that we're talking about, um, and under our standard, our the ISO standard, we can allow farmers to have their gross footprint measured and then to reduce that footprint based on the native or exotic forestry on farm, as long as it meets a number of rules. It has to be permanent, it has to be well cared for. Um, and it, you know, it, and it has to be measured using the government standards for measuring sequestration. So we've built that into the tool, and that enables farmers for the first time to really get a net footprint off their farm. And that's really important because if they want to have zero carbon product coming off their farm, it means potentially they don't have to purchase as many carbon credits. And in fact, there are some farmers who believe they're already carbon neutral based on the size of the, 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 the forest they have on farm. So it's quite exciting to think where this might take farmers and the potential that gives them mm. to be able to make claims about their products. Yeah. So you mentioned the sheer scale of, of farming in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, how wide do you think this will go and when will it be available uh, for, for wider use? Yeah, so we're talking mid-July, um, all going well um, as, a, as, as a launch. We are expecting that initially it'll be those farmers who are technologically savvy, those farmers who are already making claims or believe they've got a really strong claim to make around their environmental footprint, mm -hmm. right? So we'll expect there's going to be a bunch of early adopters at that end of the curve. Um, but on, in time, because the government has laid out a challenge to the agricultural sector to start to reduce its emissions and it's built into the, the Carbon Zero Act mm -hmm. that you have to make methane and, and carbon um, reductions on farm, unless you want to you know, pay a a carbon tax or, or you know purchase carbon credits for them um, and so because that challenge is out there we expect that lots more farmers are going to be starting to investigate what do they do on farm to reduce their footprint yeah. so and have they been open-minded to this so far yeah they have mm -hmm. actually and despite what lots of people might read I guess around the dirty dairying and and the like and there are absolutely some poor performers out there but what I've found in talking to the, the industry players and the, and the sector organisations is that they're absolutely focused on drawing those farmers up, but also there's lots and lots of farmers we've been talking to who, who see the potential for this and get that they need to change some behaviours and that their, their ethos and their mindset is exactly where you'd expect it to be um, as far as you know where they want their farm to go and how they want their, their, their farms to operate. So we've um, been slightly surprised as an urban guy 
just how open they've been to, to undertaking this. And you know, it costs money to undertake some of the stuff that the mitigation's on farm. It might require some farms to reduce head of stock. Now, your head of stock is your, is your income. So you've got to go into that kind of conversation really carefully. Mm. Um, and you're making quite significant decisions around sort of how you manage your farms and, and, and what you do in that space. And what we want to try and provide is that link to the premiums available overseas so that it makes sense for them to make carbon reducing decisions but still get a financial benefit and a value um, for those decisions. Okay. Uh, in your view, what can the agricultural sector do about methane and, and nitrogen? Look, there's a few different things. Um, as I've mentioned, um, reducing headcount is, is, you know, clearly an, an obvious way of doing it. Mm. But there are, there are a number of sort of on-farm management techniques you can undertake. You can, you can look carefully at, at, at managing your, your use of supplements, managing your use of fertiliser, and what they call um, farming to the grass curve. You know? So there's a natural curve of grass growth you know, in a cycle of, of the seasons. And if you manage your, your number of your stock on farm to that curve, then you don't have to add as many supplements and fertilisers. Those fertilisers produce nitrates, which is a carbon dioxide greenhouse gas. And so it's all about, um, you know, looking at different opportunities, but there are actually a myriad of options. There are also, um, many of those options will, will sort of tinker around the edges, if you like. They'll make small reductions, mm. but there are a number of, you know, so-called silver bullets that are under investigation. You know, there are vaccines that are being developed potentially. But as we know, in the COVID environment, vaccines don't come easy and they don't come cheap and they don't come quickly. Um, but there are also various um, other inhibitors within within the stomachs that you might be able to give animals that might reduce methane. So it's quite a lot of investigation. The government's invested quite a lot of money in this. There are specific research groups working exactly on this area. Um, and so, you know, we're hopeful that in time, farmers will have more tools to be able to, to actively reduce their on-farm on, on greenhouse gases. Right now, they've got some tools, but um, it'd be great if they had a few more options. I guess the the first one, well one of the ones that comes to mind for me is halter the, the 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 necklace that traces how close they get to the waterways and things like oh, that. Oh yeah. Um, how how sort of advanced in technology is New Zealand in this space? Look, there are we're back to that same curve, right? Mm. So you've got farmers who are operating with real precision um, in the way they farm. Mm. So. So they're, you, if they're using irrigation, they're doing precision irrigation. They're doing, they're measuring their soil moisture so they so they know exactly what to put where. They're measuring their soil fertility all the time so they know exactly how much fertilizer to put on and where. Mm. They're managing their animals really carefully so that they're not overgrazing, so that they're they're not having this winter grazing issue that that we've all you know read about around animals and sort of. Um, unfortunate kind of conditions. Mm. So you've got a number of farmers who are already very technologically savvy and are working hard. And then you've got a kind of a core in the middle who are farming relatively naturally um, and are using technology more and more, but not necessarily, it's not fully embedded. You know. Do you think all of these things are part of a movement towards regenerative agriculture? Yeah, regen agriculture is, is um, definitely a, a kind of a conversation right now. Um, what I'd say is that, is that we were targeting um, this particular um, tool is to support all farmers. Um, not doesn't have to be the regen farmers, doesn't have to be organic farmers, but supporting any farmer who you, you might call them conventional to get on the journey to start to measure their carbon and, and, and look at options for reducing. So it's, 
So anything that's there where you start to do that, you might say it's, it, it tends farmers towards regen, but regenerative farming is a, is a slightly disputed term in New Zealand. Lots of farmers would say, um, they may, you may call them conventional, they may say, well, actually what I do is regenerative because I'm only feeding on grass and I'm only using pasture and I'm not using barns. Yeah. And most of what I do is actually pretty natural, right. you know. Okay. So it's a bit of a hot topic at the moment, mm. the definition of regen, but yeah. yeah. Okay, Steve Dixon, thank you very much for joining us. Okay, thanks a lot.